You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. And the title of this message is Intent. Man, look at all the babies in here. And we got more babies coming. I'm telling you, it, we've said it for years. We grow this church from the ground up. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> my goodness. Y'all act like y'all don't know what causes that. <clears throat> Intent. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2. Verse 43, and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. What you, what you need to see here is people, uh, Peter began to preach and it's like thousands were being added to the numbers and they began to gather and they began to come together and they began to assemble and, uh, And after years of religious oppression, years of political pressure, you know, and oppression uh, on the people, man, here comes this message of hope. Here comes a message uh, and, and people getting set free, chains falling off, people getting healed, miraculous miracles taking place. And people were just coming and just getting set free right in the middle of religious and political oppression. That's what was going on. And people were flocking to it. And so what he said was people were in awe. And that word awe there is uh, of God. They, They were in awe of Jesus. And it was a deep reverential sense of accountability to Christ. And, and it says and, and it says up in uh, verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And for forgiveness of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, that's us. So people were coming and they were rethinking Their situation. Come on. See, repentance is, I've got to rethink how I've been living my life and and because it's been morally wrong and they would repent of it and they would be baptized and they would receive the Holy Spirit so they could prophesy into their future. Come on. They were getting set free. Look here. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. That's unity. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Now listen, stop just a minute. 
this, we're not talking about everybody going out and selling all your stuff and then being broke and ain't got no place to live. This ain't no Jim Jones. This ain't no David Koresh. This ain't, that's not what they're talking about here. Nobody's going to be drinking no Kool-Aid. Come on, are y'all with me? Listen, what, <laughs> listen, they were probably about like us, had more stuff that we had to go rent storages, putting all that stuff in. We Listen, we here in America, we got more stuff stacked up that we don't even know what we got. Our attics are full, our closets are full, and so we then have to, our garages are full. We can't even park the car in there no more. So what we got to do is we got to go get storage buildings. And let me tell you, there's some of that stuff some people could use. Because you ain't using it, but you got that stuff. Daddy had cots in his attic when we moved him that the cot done rotted and it was just a frame. We don't need that. Right? We got reality shows buried alive. Come on. People just hoarding crap up. I, don't, I might need it one day. You're walking down your hall. You can't even walk this way no more. You got to walk this way. Right? And so we've got people who are saying, look, I can meet that need. Look, I can meet that need. Look, I can meet that need. And so generosity began to flow. And so the next thing you know, they're not giving it away. They're sowing. And so people aren't selfish anymore. And so unity, begin, they begin to care for one another. Hey, I can meet that need right there. Come on, they're seeing needs in the community. Are y'all with me? And so unity began to come. And so all of a sudden, the next thing you know, these people are caught up in a move of God because they began to give of themselves. Oh, man. They didn't just come to church to take, 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 take. It's just like Destin was saying. Are we here for a move of God or are we here to move God? Man, that is so good. Because see, that's what Mary did. Mary came at the feet, not because of a move. Come on. She just wanted him. Look what it says. They had all, they had all things in common. What did they have in common? That they were all a mess. <laughs> Come on. It wasn't all the lawyers in one spot, all the doctors in one spot, all the construction workers. That's not what he's saying. What the commonality was is they were all a mess and needed Jesus. And that goes out of every boundary. Come on. They had all things in common and they began selling everything. Verse 46, and day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. In other words, an attitude of righteousness, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And that word saved is what? Delivered, healed, preserved, made whole. Not just praying a prayer. Come on, are y'all with me? What we see right here is God's intent for what the church should look like. It is a plumb line of how the church should look. It, not should, it should not be a bunch of people coming to a building and then just rooting each other around. Come on. Condemning. Being judgmental. Being critical. I can't tell you how many times people come in here, they ask, it's too loud in here. It's too loud. What's that person doing jumping over there? What's that person doing? Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? They come in here, root each other around. Well, I can't believe that's what she's got on. Do you see what she had on? Come on, are y'all with me? That's what's been happening in the church for years. And there's been no commonality. People come in here and they just are appalled. Come on. Jesus never was appalled at. He could have been appalled when they drugged that lady naked out, caught in the very act of adultery. You think they let her put her clothes on? Let's just get real here a minute. It says she was caught in the very act of adultery. You think that those scribes and Pharisees, as insensitive, as religious and pious and wanting always to trap Jesus, you think for one instance they allowed her to stop, get dressed, comb her hair? No. I fully believe she was butt naked in front of Jesus, thrown out in the street and yet he did not condemn her. And yet we come in the church house condemning, judgmental. Why, you know where she was last night? You know what she's done? You know what he's done last night? I tell you what, I seen him, I seen his truck partner on. <laughs> come on, just rooting each other around, butting each other off the feed trough. Come on. That's what we do. And we get real condemning. We get real unloving. Come on. And, the, and, and the, here's the most surprising thing I found out as a pastor. Most of those people that are saying those things used to be the adulterer. Used to be the drunkard. Come on. That's who they were. And then... And then everybody gets mad at me because I let them leave and run off because I ain't putting up with that. Let me tell you what my job is most of the time. It, what, what, it is a stock contractor as having bulls and horses. My job was to make sure everything got fed and watered even before I got fed and watered. And then when there was one that was come into the herd and everything else was butting him, moving him, fighting him away, it was my job to find him a buddy that he could eat with and sustain life 
so that he could get on the truck and do what he was called to do. And too many pastors have not done that and they've allowed the body to, they've allowed the people to run roughshod over everybody around them while they buck for their position at the feed trough. I've seen it for years. While they get fat, they've never tended to the people because they become selfish. Come on after their own gain and then all those like kinds hook up together and next thing you know, you got a church that is anything but loving. And that's why people are sitting in the bars and going there because they feel accepted. Man, we gonna have church today. The word intent means a usually clear, formulated, planned, or intention. It is an aim, having the mind, attention, or will concentrated on something or some end or purpose. Your dreams, your goals. Listen, God's intent and his goal and his aim is for his church to look just like this in book of Acts. Where people are delivered, healed, set free, and whole, come on, able to be who he has called them to be, able to be prosperous, come on, at peace, at rest, no matter what's going on around them. Are y'all with me? Listen, the mandate on this church has always been and always will be to gather the scattered. That's what it's always been. I'll never forget riding through the river bottom. Let me tell y'all the last thing ever that I wanted to be was a pastor. Never was on my radar. I still question it at times. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because here's the deal. I'm not a coddler. I'm not the one who's going to sit there and cry with you. And, and now if <laughs> there are certain situations, yes, I will. Cause it mandates and it hurts me. Let, let me just clear this all up because there is situations we cry together. We, we do that. But if you are still caught in the same old cog of doing stupid stuff, I'm not a coddler. Come on, are y'all with me? I'm going to say, <laughs> just you're going to have to muck around in it. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. But I will go the length and the distance to reach you. And that's why God put us here. It's because there was times when people had tried to catch cows and it was a week would go by and that they were pretty wild by then. And I mean, we did whatever it took wherever they were in which in this part of the country is thick. 
And that's what God called us to do, is to go gather the scattered. And you do anything and everything to get them back. And that's just what God's called DCC to do. The scattered are those folks who love God, but they don't know him. Who left the congregation hurt, disappointed, wore out, condemned, weighed down with duty and obligation. Come on. Doubting God and tired of all the drama. That's why we're here. See, we try to keep this as drama free as possible. <laughs> See, and God has been stirring ever since we've been here. God has been stirring in the hearts of people that they know there's more to Christianity than just coming to a building. Come on. There's people that God's been stirring in their hearts going, I know there's more to this than just saying a prayer and waiting to go to heaven. I know that, listen, this God that sent his son to die on the cross for me, there's got to be more than me just sitting here wading around in the muck and the mire to die. Come on. See, in where we're at, we hadn't been here before. Don't look at past church experiences of where we're going. In 2021, it's not going to look like, it ain't going to look like 2020. It ain't going to look like 2019. It ain't going to look like anything until you get back to uh, 31 AD. That's what it's going to look like. This is what, we haven't experienced it. We've kind of read about it and we kind of wondered what happened to it. Let me tell you, we have a plumb line and this is it. We personally haven't experienced it, but this is where we're headed, where people are freed up, Amen. where people are healed, delivered, marriages. Come on. Living life. See, when you see God's intent on what it should be, it's easy to fix the problem then. And you got to see how we got here. Look in Ezekiel uh, 34. Well, this is Old Testament, Pastor. Yeah, it is. And it's an example of how screwed up we get. That's what it was written for. Come on. Ezekiel 34, verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds. In other words, he's saying prophesy against the leadership. When you see that word shepherd, shepherd is somebody that is leading. That's what shepherds do. They lead. When you get behind them and push, they're going to slaughter. <laughs> He says, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, thus says the Lord God, woe shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool you slaughter. 
the fat sheep without feeding the flock. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. And let me tell you something. Fat sheep get fat for a reason. Because they're bullies. Come on. Are y'all? Fat sheep are fat because they're bullies. We get bulls that do the same thing. We tell them we're fixing to put them in a Jenny Craig pen. We got a Jenny Craig pen. That means you. it's time for you to go get in shape. <clears throat> Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not bought back. Nor have you sought for the lost, but with force and with severity, you have dominated them. Now listen, I can't, one of the saddest things that I see as I travel and preach all, and that we've been all these years is going into churches and how people sit in churches and they're still depressed. Come on, still hurting. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many women and young men we've ministered to that have sat in church hoping year after year, time after time, that maybe some release will come from being abused, come on, from being uh, molested, from being, and, and nobody, the shepherds did not want to deal with that. We have seen it over and over. And I have watched how, how people, when you, and listen, when you can pray and minister and have discernment for that and that breaks and the release and the release, you can see the weight lifted off of them. And it's like, man, finally, finally. And so deliverance comes. That's what saved is. See, just saying a prayer, come on. See, just coming up and saying, Lord, forgive me. No, it, that there's a process even to being saved. It's called repentance. Our country has a hard time with repentance. Because that means the way you've been going is wrong. And we live in a democracy where we get a vote, where we get a say in what happens. Well, we used to. Gazinga. But see, in the kingdom of God, it ain't that way. In the kingdom of God, it's this is how it is. When you live right, you get the benefits of this kingdom. Come on. And so repentance is tough. Because repentance means I've got to rethink the way I've been living because it's been trespassing against God. And then you repent and then you're baptized then you are become a citizen of the kingdom of God. This is how we live. This is how it is. And this is how uh, 
we're going to go forward from here. This is how I'm going to receive the benefits of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? See, and where we get messed up in this country is you can do absolutely nothing and get benefits. You can be illegal and get benefits. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Come on. Are y'all with me? Look here. My flock wandered. Verse five. And they were scattered for lack of a shepherd. And they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. Look, look real quick. Hold on, let me keep reading. My flock wandered. They strayed through all the mountains on every high hill and my flock were scattered over all the surface of the earth and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, come on, here's his intent, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for lack of a shepherd and my sheep herders did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. I'm against the leadership of my people. I, I, and I shall demand my sheep from, from them and make them cease from feeding sheep so the shepherds will not feed themselves anymore, but I shall deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be food for them. Look in Exodus chapter 23, and we're going to go back all the way to Exodus, and we're going to look at God's intent. Man, I'm going to tell you, God is so good because God loves you. God loves you enough. Let, let, let me tell you, the, you can take an old bucket sack cow that you walk up to every day and pet her right between her ears and feed her right out of your hand. And if she gets loose... Those are some of the hardest ones I've ever had to go catch because they don't know anything outside of that. And I mean, they when, and it seems like they get deeper and deeper in the woods. When, I mean, what the, there's a dog, there's a guy on a horse and he's slinging it. What, 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 what? That tail gets up over their back and they are gone. And you're like going, man, I fed you for years. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? That's what God's saying. My people are scattered. They are just running. They are straying. They are just, and, and, and let me tell you something. Here's what those old cows don't understand. There's prey out there.
And I'm telling you, we have been prey to the beasts of the field, to the demons and the devils that are after us. I'm just trying to put this all in perspective here of what the prey is. It's the demons and the devils that are after you. Because they are, they are after you. And what they're going to do is, is they're going to run you further and further and further and deeper and deeper away from where you're supposed to be until somebody can come in and get a rope on you, choke you down, tie your feet up, drag you in a trailer and get you back to where you're supposed to go. See, and sometimes that's what it takes. Being a little insensitive. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Sometimes the greatest thing of love is a good Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Look in Exodus 23, verse 24. You shall not worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their deeds, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their sacred pillars in pieces. not just make them part of what you do. That's what God's saying here. He's saying, look, don't assimilate to them and don't bring into your, to, don't bring that into, listen, that's, that's what scatters God's people is when we try to assimilate and appease the world. It just turns my crank when I hear pastors talking about what they debate in their denominational uh, conventions. And I'm thinking, that's just worldly. That's not even right thinking. And I understand where they're coming from. But listen, we can't assimilate to the world. We are there to try to get them out of bondage, get them out of confusion, and show them where true life is. That's what we do. And, and, we, and we can move forward loving people right where they're at. We're, we're not scared of sin. Jesus is the solution for it. Come on. It's just we have to repent, rethink, then we can move forward. But look what he says. But you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread. Hmm. He'll bless our, he'll bless our bread. In other words, you're not going to go hungry. And your water. And I will remove sickness from your midst. Does God say anything that he doesn't plan to back up? He does it. He says, I'll remove sickness from your midst. Listen, that's your insurance policy. That's your mask. That's your vaccination. Come on. I got kicked out of Family Dollar yesterday in Dayton. <laughs> COVID update. I go to buy Kelsey and some tubs 
And so I go in, family dollar. <laughs> Sir, you got a mask? I didn't know she was talking to me at first. Sir, you got a mask? Sir, you got a mask? Sir, you got a mask? I, oh, oh, no, no, I don't. But I just, I'm, these tubs right here. And so I'm taking those tubs. I set them down at the counter and the lady says, I'm not checking you out. You ain't got a mask on. Okay. So I love my daughter-in-law. So I'm going to go to the truck. I get my mask, put my mask on, come back to buy the tubs. And she goes, I'm not checking you out. I said, I put my mask on. I'm not checking you out. I told you when you come in here to put your mask on, I'm not checking you out. I just want y'all to know I was a Christian, Luke. I maintained my composure. I didn't just wipe the whole counter out and put it in the floor because that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to boot kick them tubs all the way across, knocking the candy aisle over, run a basket through the front. That's what I wanted to do. But I just kindly said, lady, you ain't the Gestapo. And then I left before I cleared house and went to jail and Kobe had to preach this morning. Mm. <laughs> but I got it on. Oh, man. There shall be no miscarrying, barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. That's good stuff right there. I'll fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion all the people among whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. That right there is good news. Because here's, here's what's going on. As we go through this time forward, listen, as God's bringing correction and order back to his people, and as his people begin to repent, as he begins to heal the land, you're going to see people who are confused around you. And yeah, they're going to be idiots. And they're just going to be in confusion. And there'll be some of them, listen, you're going to be in total peace and you're going to be walking right through the mess. Come on. And I will send hornets ahead of you that they may drive out the Hevites, the Canaanites, the Idiotites before you. Look what he says. I will not drive them out before you in a single year that the land may not become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. Come on, that's God's intent. God's intent is that you are able to bear fruit and possess the land. That is a process. When you come to Jesus, you don't just automatically know what is all right. Come on. 
See, in our job as a leader, as a spiritual leader, is to tell you that's wrong. That's going to produce death in your life. That's not going to produce fruit for the kingdom. You keep living that way, that's death. If you'll do this, this will produce life. You'll be blessed. Your kids will be blessed. This, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And then you go, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been thinking the wrong thoughts. And now I'm going to start thinking good thoughts. Come on, because we all get stinking thinking. It don't take five minutes. Watch you. Listen, you can't watch the news anymore. And your thinking goes, I'm ready to kill somebody. That's bad thinking. Come on. That's just bad thinking. It will not produce life. Clearing the candy aisle in Family Dollar is not good thinking. <laughs> Come on, y'all women. You see God's intent. God's intent is for you to produce good fruit. And that takes time. See, there's a process for you learning how to keep your ground fruit to be cultivated, bearing fruit. It takes work to keep weeds out of a garden. Listen, you don't just plow up ground and, exp and the weeds just, oh, they're no more. No, listen, the weeds and all of that rob nutrition from your plants. God is wanting us to know how to possess our land so that the beasts of the field, come on, do I need to lay out what the beasts of the field are? Jealousy, strife, come on, adultery, uh, fornication, I, I, we can go on, right? The beasts of the field, that robs you from producing fruit for the kingdom of God. Come on. God's people should, should have been being taught how to fight spiritually and how to stay in right alignment with the kingdom of God. And when we just made it about going to heaven, we never taught the people how to fight, be fruitful, and take possession. And we have marriages crumbling because of lies of jealousy, selfishness, come on, financial problems, come on. And, and so we, we've got all this and nobody's taught how to possess their land. We've just told them, oh, well, just wait and you'll go to heaven one day and it'll all go away. When we cross the Beulah land. Come on. Sweet Beulah land. I do. I love that song. But we sang it for years and that's where we're going. And we've never known how to make it here. I love those songs. I'm telling you right now, there ain't nobody singing like old Carnes did it. Starns. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That some gun, when he sang it, you felt like you was oh, hear angels singing. I mean, I get that when I open up a box of brownies too, but 
<laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Ezekiel 34, verse 12. This is what I like. God's talking about restoration here. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing going on. Because let me tell you something. There is some crazy stuff going on right now. And I mean, you don't know what's real, what's a lie, what's conspiracy, what's... I mean, tomorrow everything's going into martial law. How many of y'all heard that? How many of y'all heard Obama got thrown in jail? How many of y'all know? I, I mean, you're hearing, you, you're hearing stuff right now. I mean, man... There's going to be a run on the grocery stores because now you're hearing there's going to be two weeks of martial law. Everything's shut down. Go get your toilet paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what do you believe? You know what I mean? What's going on? I hope some of what I'm hearing is half true. You know what I'm saying? But in my mind, I'm thinking, what's real, what ain't, what's going, you know? And, and I'm thinking, if I'm thinking that way, what, what's, what's happening? But I'm telling you, God keeps bringing me back to correction and order. Correction, order, and restoration. Because I'm telling you, in the midst of all the shaking Listen, we are fixing to have to live by faith. We're going to live by faith no matter what we hear, no matter what's going on. Christian, listen, for Christians, rubber's met the road. Come on. It's time to live by faith. It's time to be a Christian. It's time to be in right alignment. It's time to get into this word. It's time to start prophesying to our future. It's time to start doing everything that Jesus died on the cross for us to do. To take authority, live here right now. And listen, it may start in your own house. It has to start in your own house. And so we've got to start learning to occupy or the beasts of the field will become too numerous for you. Listen, you ain't got to quit everything overnight. God doesn't expect you to quit drinking, cussing overnight. Those, those are not the things he's worried about right now, y'all. What he's wanting you to know is, hey, you can know him. And as you sit at his feet, let me tell you something. That stuff just falls off. That's when that stuff falls off. It's not just some magic fairy dust. Just because you say a prayer, Santa Claus is going to show up and poof. <laughs> right? Because we do that. We've created all this. God ain't got no magic fairy dust. Look what he says in verse 12. As shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep. Listen, Jesus is coming back and among his sheep. And when he comes in among his people, 
That's when correction and order has had to been taken place. When restoration of what he has called us to be. Listen, he doesn't want to see us being downtrodden and barely getting by and having to struggle with all. Come on, are y'all hearing me? And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from their countries. In other words, remember what he said. I'm going to put you high above. God always wanted his people to shine. God never wanted his people to be shoved in on a corner somewhere where they couldn't shine. And oh, oh, you can only shine underneath the steeple. No. You can be his people outside of the church house. Listen, we come together and we rejoice and we, and we encourage one another and we leave here full of hope and the glory of God and we go out there and shine. Come on. God's bringing his people together. Bringing them out. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture. You're not just barely going to be getting by. Come on. And their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down in good grazing. In other words, peace. In other words, peace. In the midst of everything going on, peace. And they will feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. Now look in verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. In other words, those who are being bullies, and those who are going to, come on, those who have been, now he's talking to his congregation. And now he's saying, hey, all those who've been condemning, judgmental, all those who've been fighting you off to, come on, out. Out. Look what he says. Because you push with side and with shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns until you have scattered them abroad. I'm telling you right now, the church folk have scattered more church folk than. That's exactly what he's talking about. So don't sit back and say, oh, preacher, that's Old Testament. Heck no, that's happening now. That's why the world after 9-11 went to church and they've seen the same thing that they left the church for before 9-11 and then churches were empty again. And then what happens is we get labeled as bigoted, unloving because we were. We were. We did this to ourselves. I'm telling you, once I figured out 99% of my problems was my fault, changed my life. And the church has done this to itself. We were bigoted. We were unloving. We were unsocial. We just wanted a social club and call it Christianity where we serve our God. 
ho, 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 and wave our little smoke around. <laughs> Sprinkling. Voting people in. All who will accept these people say I. <laughs> who in the heck? I'm telling you, we have been jacked up, y'all. We have been jacked up. And it's a wonder that, that people who are in sin think we don't love them. We wonder, we're appalled that you don't think we love you. Well, you've been rooting me off the old feed bucket. Right? I can't even come in here and get fed and be me. So I'll just go to the bar and be me. Right? Oh, man. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> right? But look what he says. Verse 23, Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. I'm telling you, when I read that, I was like, God knew exactly this. That's not a misspelling of what's going on. He's saying, I'm going to send you Jesus and he's going to feed you himself. What did Jesus tell them? If you'll eat my flesh and drink my blood. Come on. That's what he said And what he meant. Listen, when we take communion. That's what that is. We are eating and drinking. Come on. And that's what sets us free. Not just saying a prayer and sitting down waiting to go to heaven. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But when we partake of Jesus, man, when we become one with the shepherd, then he says, now, Speak to your future. Come on. Now you tell that demon of lust and that demon that's been lying to you about what your gender is. When you Now you tell that. Come on, are y'all hearing me? That demon of poverty. Come on, are y'all with me? That demon of jealousy. That demon of feeling unworthy. That demon of shame. That demon of rejection. Come on, is anybody in here with me? When you can, then you have a shepherd over you that when you partook of what he did on that cross, man, that's when you're going to start living life. Man, God made me this way. God made me to be free. God made me to have a future and a hope. Come on. Jeremiah 29, 11. We've always hung it on the icebox. We just ain't figured out how to get there. And he said, my shepherd, Jesus, who if you'll allow him to be over you, he will feed you. 
He'll make sure you're not getting butted and rooted around. He'll come in there and make sure. And when you wander off, let me tell you something. When you commit to Jesus, he commits to you. How many times have you tried to wander off and all of a sudden you find yourself back? Right? I'm telling you, if Jesus would have left it up to me to get me here, I'd have never been here. I'd have wrecked everything. But he never gave up on me, even when I gave up on him. I can't tell you how many times I give up on him and walk away because of the prey. Come on. That was steadily after me. Wanting me to be selfish. Want, come on, are y'all with me? Wanting me to be immoral. Come on. Just wanting me, just after me. Run. Just run. Just leave. Just go. It'd be so much easier. You ain't got all this responsibility. You ain't got all this pressure. You ain't got, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because let me tell you something, living morally, it's responsibility. There's responsibility living morally. Living according to the word of God. Being in right alignment. But once you start seeing the fruit of it in your life, man, it gets easy. You're like going, man, I don't even want none of that no more. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, once you learn what rest and what peace of mind and living without chains, li come on. Let me tell you something. Freedom is addicting. As a matter of fact, it's more addicting than any drug. Peace and rest. Man, it's addicting. Let me tell you. Religion is the greatest deception the devil has ever used in his arsenal of lies. Religion is the greatest weapon in the devil's arsenal because people think they're doing something for God. And people can do things for God and he's not even in it. And all it does is scratch your duty, come on, and your religious bone. And that's what we've done for years. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to obey. And you look at Samuel, 1 Samuel 15, 22, and it's Samuel's telling Saul, Saul always thought he had to do something to establish his kingdom. When he forgot that it was going to be God that was doing it, not him. And Samuel tells Saul, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. In other words, Saul was sacrificing animals. He was doing what he was doing what they've done for years. He was doing the religious thing. Come on thinking he could invoke God into his bad plan, into his mess. We've done that for years in church. It's just scattered us even further. We think we can do something and call it God and it be good. And Samuel said, obey is better than sacrifice. 
to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination. Come on, Jesus' kingdom exists for you because he loves you. And he wants to establish you in that kingdom. The, the commandments, the things in the Bibles, the principles, the precepts, the statues, they are for you to be blessed. That's what they're for. The kingdom of God exists for you to be blessed, to be free, to have a place of rest, to not be in confusion, to not be scattered. Come on, are y'all with me? Philippians chapter 2. Man, we're going to have to turn there. I'm minus 11 minutes and 19 seconds. <clears throat> are y'all okay? I mean, if you got to go to lunch, go on. I'll just finish up and lock up. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If therefore there is any encouragement, look, this is God's intent. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, big S, if, the, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. What is our purpose here? Our purpose is to gather all those who've been scattered, all those who've been hurt, all those who are, are, are far off, come on, and need to come back and get in right alignment with the kingdom. To know how to possess their own land. Come on. To know how to be blessed. To know how to walk in love and forgiveness. Come on. To not be prey. To get fed. Come on. He says... Let the let united in spirit intent on one person do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Boy, that's different. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice to just know that somebody was thinking about you? Man, it used to get under my skin. I'd be on the road for days just, just trying to get home to my wife and my kids that I haven't seen in weeks. No sleep, tired, wore out, taking care of 20-something bulls or horses or trying to just get there. Just a, 
not talk to them on the phone. You coming into town and you hit traffic. People just want to hurry up and cut you off. And they just got 30 minutes to get home. But they got to get ahead of you. And the one thing that I've seen all over this country is that nobody has common courtesy anymore. And I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. And I'd always, how you doing? How you doing? To just be stared at. Not even be acknowledged. I had one guy one time, I was like, hey, how y'all doing? Are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk. What are y'all doing in there? What y'all got going? Just no common courtesy. But it was more important for them to get in front of you and risk their life and their kids' lives in a little bitty vehicle to get in front of an 18-wheeler full of bulls that can't stop on a dime. Because you got to get home, hurry up and get home. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get home for weeks. But we're so busy. We're just Martha, 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 Martha. Nobody knows how to rest. Let me tell you something. Our society has done that to us. It's crept into the church to the point where we don't even, what's going on? What are we doing? I mean, we're just, we're butting each other off the feed trough. We're so selfish. We're so self-centered. We're just so self-seeking. It's just about us. If I'm not comfortable in here, if it's too loud, I don't know, agree with him. I don't agree with her. I don't agree. I mean, we're just, the next thing you know, church is a mess. Everybody's living upside down. And we don't have this one thing in common. We don't have anything in common because it was, what's common is it's about me. <laughs> See, that's why the world labels us insensitive unloving, come on, bigoted, because we haven't learned how to love them and then we can't even love ourselves in here. Come on, are y'all with me? When our differences should be our greatest strengths. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Come on, man. 
who although he existed in a form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. What king does that? What king leaves his throne and comes to wash dirty feet? What king does that? What king says, I'm going to leave my royal robes right here? I'm going to go at the worst time, the filthiest time. I mean, I'd have went when there was AC and hydraulics. Not when we were riding donkeys and camels. At least when we had a pair of boots and not, I can't wear sandals. But who says I'm going to go wash those filthy feet? <clears throat> and show them how to live life. And he said, the greatest among you is going to be a servant. That is not what our culture teaches. See, we don't like to be inconvenienced. We don't like interruptions. We don't like change. Come on. We don't like to be thrown off. Of, when Big Jim come up this morning, he's like, man, I got a word. Can I say it during this song? And, and all of a sudden, I mean, everything changes when that happens. And I'm like, I'm like, now? Right right now? You, you want this to happen? I, I, said, I looked at him, I said, I don't even know where the mic is. And I mean, and man, the Lord's like, I mean, the, it was apparent that he was supposed to say what he had to say because, I mean, it's like they didn't even move on from that spot. I don't know if they uh, planned that. I, I don't know, but it was like God saying, I'm not moving from here until he says what he has to say. And praise God, Jim was, man, it's burning in me. I need... I, I'll just use Haley's mic. And I'm like, go get the mic. Go get the mic. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? See, wait a minute, wait a minute. Church is, oh my God, it's 12 o'clock. If we don't hurry, we're going to be, we're going we're gonna to get caught in the crowd at the Jose's. <laughs> so we end up going to the second best because we know nobody's going to be there. <laughs> Come on, Kelsey. 
I know she's got something to say. <laughs> We're going to change. <laughs> so the Lord brought me to this scripture. about a week ago and um, it was Psalms 23 and it was the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd I always have more than enough he offered me offers me a resting place for for me in his luxurious love his tracks take me to an oasis of peace the quiet brook of bliss that's where he restores and revives my life he opens before me pathways to God's pleasures and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring him bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. And I thought that was pretty fitting for today and everything we've talked about. But the word pursue at the end really stuck out to me. And so I was like, all right, let me go look this up and see what it gives me. And it said the word pursue means to follow someone or something in order to catch or attack them. Hmm. And I was like, wow, God, that's exactly what God does. He pursues us to catch our heart, but he also pursues us to fight our battles and attack the enemy for us. Wow, and um, so I just want to encourage you that Man, he good. does want to really relationship with you. He does want your heart. He wants to know your heart. He wants you to know his heart. And I just want you to, to encourage you going into 2021 to pursue him because if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. That's good. That's good. That's good. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore also God highly exalted him bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For his good pleasure. He is pursuing you. He is after you because he wants a relationship 
for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to make sure you're fed. He wants to make sure you can fight. He wants to, come on, are y'all with me? See, he would rather, oh man, he would rather you learn to think for yourself for us to grow in him. That's what he said. Work out your salvation through fear and trembling. It's work. It's work. It's not just coming and sitting, but it's work. It's being accountable to live right, to be in right alignment, to do the principles and the precepts Come on, are y'all with me? And let me tell you something. It's work to repent to your spouse. It's work to repent to your kids. It is, let me tell you something, it's work. Because then once you repent, then you've got to put into action. That's why it said, humble yourselves. Let me tell you something, you're not going to be proud and have an ego and, and just say, well, I repent and I'm sorry, and that's it. And walk, no. Listen, it's work to stay humble, to put people's interests ahead of yours. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry that we've had to go through this. Come on, are y'all with me? I'm talking about healing relationships in here. Because at the end of the day, we're all we got. But we got each other. And if we got each other and we can come in and, with a common goal with one purpose and intent to see other people be free, like we're free, let me tell you something, this building isn't big enough. This building isn't big enough for all the people you love. Come on. And so we'll just do what we got to do. But I'm telling you, we're fixing to outgrow this building fast. As bad as I hate to say that, Luke, Jeremy, Zach. But I'm telling you, when you start loving them, this building ain't big enough. When people come out there and come in here and feel loved, this building ain't big enough. There just ain't a building big enough. We'll try to keep up. <laughs> come on, y'all with me, y'all stand. His intent is for us to work it out because he's at work in us. Let me say that again. God's intent is for us to work it out because he's at work in us for his good pleasure. See, in the change that is coming to the church of Jesus Christ is faith. There's a change coming. The change is 2 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
We don't walk by the evening news. We don't walk by the stock market. We don't walk by all of that. What we walk by is faith. Galatians 2, 20. Christ lives in me. Why? Because he's the good shepherd. And when we feed from him, come on, Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. Come on, it's by faith we live now. Galatians 3.11, the righteous man shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in him. That he's the good shepherd that he's going to lead us in good pastures. He's going to feed us on, come on, the good pasture. He's going to keep all the goats off of us. Come on. He's going to make sure that we're at peace and at rest. Come on, that's a word for today. When you're hearing all the stuff that's going on, he is the one as he brings correction and order, also he's putting us in a good pasture, making sure we're fed, making sure we got what we need, making sure we're at rest, come on, making sure we can get on that truck and do our bucking best. Whoo, that is a slogan right there. Put that on the side of our trailers. Be your bucking best at Hilton Bull Company. <laughs> oh man Father we come to you this morning we thank you for what you and we can't thank you for the peace and the joy that you give us freely that you have nothing but good intentions your aim has always been for a future, a hope. That's always been your intent for your people to be salt and light, to be a city a shining on a hill so that others would know this is the way to life. And Father God, as these changes come in our lives and, and in our communities, Lord, we, we don't walk by what we see. We're walking by faith that you still love us and the kingdom of God exists for us because you love us. And Father, we thank you for that and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.